That Blues, Royal Blue family, you've got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues, back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Trips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast, our mid-season review. It has come very quickly, but Bolt, welcome, here we are. Yeah, cool, great to see you. A week off after the bye. A week off after the bye, I think it's done a whole lot of good for your health and your mental well-being. (laughs) Um, Nick Wishart, he is a great man and he does so much for this football club and we thought it was fitting to get him on for our mid-season review. He does an extraordinary amount of volunteering work. With the cheer squad, they sponsor a lot of the play. He's, we have him on all the time because of what he does for the club, but just so happens to have an opinion that we rate very, very yep. highly. 100%. And uh, we are going to get straight into this year's mid-season review and welcome the great man, Nick Wishart. Welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Thanks for having me, gents. Very, very happy to be uh, back on the show rather than listening for a change. Yeah, no, it is good. We've actually been very slack this year with guests. I think I think me and Jed, we've almost work's gotten a bit busier. It's just been very tough these days, but it is good to have you on because I do like your opinion on all things Carlson, so it is very nice to have you back well, for, well, mid-season review. Not a great season to review <laughs> either, so this could go anywhere. It, it could go anywhere, but we had to get the great man on the show. I mean, we... I think we last spoke. We had you on for our post-season last year, I think. I do remember that. Um, but we haven't had... We actually haven't had a guest on this year, um, apart from the great David Rhys-Jones. So, uh, you're in you're in absolutely legendary company, um, and we really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. We've got a premiership and an Orm Smith medal between us. It's very good. Uh... <laughs> Love that. That is unreal. Um, Nick, before we get into, I guess we're gonna we're gonna analyze each player and sort of give them a rating and look at how everyone's seasons have gone. But before we get into that, um, looking at the first half of the season as a whole, I just want to get your thoughts on where we're currently sitting, uh, how you feel that we're tracking, and I guess if you could give the season a, a grading of you know A, B, C, whatever it might be. Um, what what do you have to say and what would your grading be? Oh, where do we start here? Look, if I have to give this <laughs> season so far a rating, it's really hard to give it anything higher than a D. It really is. It's not what we had all expected. Now, I think, well, I'm sure we're going to go into more detail, but I think the question then becomes, have we as the fans set our expectations too high or are our expectations uh, reasonable? And if that is the case, 
then this season is an absolute aberration so far. Um, on field, seems a bit of a basket case at times. It's one thing to be losing honourably. I know we hate that term, but I think the lack of system and lack of structure has been the most concerning thing for me personally. And uh, I'm just a bit sceptical about where we're standing off off field as well. I just don't feel that we've got the stability that it looked like we were developing last year. It looks like it was a castle made out of cards at the moment and it could teeter at any moment. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with anything that you've just said there. You know, structurally, on-field, we've looked pretty awful. And off-field, it's been, uh, yeah, it's been almost, it's almost been shambolic without being shambolic, off-field. Like, you feel, you feel that something, it's gotten to a point now where, I don't know what you think, Nick, but I just feel at board level, there has to be a significant change. I think that that might be coming. Um, we, I won't make massive judgment on the Luke Sayers stuff with PwC that smells to high heaven, but irrespective <laughs> of that, Luke's position on the board, um, correct me, I think he's only got one more year after this year anyway. Is that yep, correct? Or yep, this year? yep. Um, Unless he changes the, the constitution. Board. Yeah, yes. So I... I would well. I'm almost certain that he will go before that term is up, or at least as president. Is my opinion. That's based on no inside knowledge, but I just don't even. I feel that what is happening externally to his position at Carlton uh, might just influence that. Um, whether that means a total board spill or anything like that, I'm not necessarily. Um, as uh, yeah, certain on see that happen because yeah. there definitely there's been two or three new board members join only in the last twelve months anyway. So I don't even have much of an opinion on them yet to really know whether or not they need to be turfed out or whether they're okay. Um, but the 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 rest of the crew who have there been there for a couple of years, which would be Campbell, uh, Townsend. Um, Priestley and Kinnisley have been there for a couple of years now, at least maybe I think Paddy and David have been there for now three or four years, maybe four. COVID's made things seem less long. Um, But they've got a decent term and they, from my personal interactions with them, they all seem okay. So I'm not necessarily looking for a massive overhaul of the board, but definitely I do want to see a change in attitude uh, no longer accepting that mediocrity is the word I'd say. Close enough isn't good enough. Um, Luke has talked the talk, and at the end of last year, they said, nope, ninth isn't good enough. We're not happy with ninth. We need to do better. Um, that's awesome. This year, they haven't done better. So yeah. I want to see them double down on that rhetoric, or if they think last year was our absolute peak of where we could achieve and we do need more work i think that needs to be verbalized very very soon to the members if that's the case i agree and i also think you know i guess speaking about when you know sayers and cook and voss all took over virtually the same time at the end of 2021 sayers declared that finals was going to occur in 2022 which i feel like at the time wasn't really 
a thing that Carlton fans were almost feeling was necessary to say because I think we knew yeah. where we were at the end of 2021 and yeah. I think that declaration has almost I don't think that raised anyone's expectations realistically um, but after what we saw what's pissing me off at the moment is that 2022 is being considered the good year yeah. in, in you know in regards to this season's aberration which if I'm the sorry. good year is going to be considered ninth as in I'm sorry but that, that, that just is that's just not how football clubs operate. And when people compare, you know, the whole notion of backing Voss and how teams do drop off, and they compare us to Bomber Thompson's Geelong and Hardwick's Richmond and Goodwin's Melbourne, as in these guys had gone to the finals before. They had the, you know, the credits. You know, you know, ninth isn't a run on the board. It's, you know, what happened last year was a joke, but I think taking the long, you know, having a bit of perspective over it, I could, I could handle it upon reflection. But I think what's happening this year is, and I think our I think our expectations are very reasonable. As in, I, I see myself as a pretty negative, re, or negative, realistic person who follows Carlton. I was, I, I I didn't think finals would honestly be an issue for us this year. And what's what we've had to watch this year, and whether it's just an extension of the back half of last year where we're too easy to play against, is uh, for me it's just the writings on the wall that something has to be drastically altered. And, and and I and Nick, I know you follow other sports, and especially the round ball game in Europe. If what's happened at Carlton this year happened in European football, mate, there's no ways this would be you know would be playing the long game with this because we know we've got somewhat of a solid foundation at our disposal, and we're gonna. I hate to say we're gonna miss the boat. Like, yep. No, I agree, and, and these. We keep saying, oh, we've got this young list and, oh, what could they all do if they all stick together and stuff? That young list started in 2015 draft is when we kind of started the rebuild. Yep. So these guys have been in the system eight years now. So they're not kids anymore. No, no. Full group of the Harry, Charlie, Silvani, Fisher... Weedering. Uh, Weedering that started eight years ago together. Uh, they're all in their mid-20s now. They're not 22. They're not 23 years old. Um, you know, they they should be in their absolute prime or just about hitting it right now. And we're not really seeing... Uh, yes, we've had Charlie last year and still this year looks like he's going to get another Coleman, but he still hasn't been the same player he was last year as dynamic. Um, Harry had a fantastic 2021 and he's not and even last year I thought Harry was very very good yeah um, he's just not able to find consistently I think good players win a Coleman great players kick 50 plus every year yeah no the I don't Hawkins, the Taylor Walkers the the Tom Lynch yeah the Jeremy Camerons, these guys do it every single week, every single year, and it's not even a question of will they turn up. You just know they're going to turn up. I, I almost think with those, I actually think Kerno's having a really, really good season, and I almost feel like you know there was a game, the game at the SCG a month or so ago, as in yeah. he was virtually playing on a wing, as in yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> God, God, the buy was good for me. I'm so pumped up again. Um, <laughs> it's like. You know, Herschel and Charlie—they're almost—they're almost the fall guys for the way Carlton play right now. As in, you know, the well, way I, I kind of feel that our small forwards get blamed for a lot as well. Oh, they're not getting a lot of touches. Why aren't they getting at the fall of the ball? Why aren't they impacting the scoreboard? The way we deliver the ball inside fifty—not only is it terrible for Harry and Charlie, 
Against Collingwood, we hit Darcy Moore. Was it 13 times we hit him on the uh, chest or something like that? And something then like that. The following week, we made Blakey look every, yep. every bit as good as Matthew Scarlett as well. And, you know, the ball is either hitting Charlie or Harry on the tip or is getting intercepted. The ball doesn't hit the ground in our forward line anymore. It, it doesn't. And this is actually where I'm pretty keen to kick things off because I've been saying for a few weeks now, we're completely lacking... An, an in-between guy between your twin towers and your small forwards who have quite frankly been hopeless for the best part of the season. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They've been hopeless as a collective. And this is where we're missing. And this is where I've been getting frustrated with the use of Jack Silvani this year. And obviously Martin's been absent for most of the year. But this is where, and we can start the discussion with Martin and Silvani because they're almost those guys that have the ability to push up the ground a bit. They're really good link players. Or Silvani especially is really good lead-up target, you know, 70, 80 out from goal. He can provide a target deep if we need, as can Martin. And I feel like this is almost the crucial area on the, gr- on, on the ground right now because there is no, you know, once the towers are taken out of the game, there's no scoring avenue. And this is where I think the whole treatment of Jack, you know, the selection committee categorizing Jack Silvani as a ruck makes zero sense to me. Nor I. As in the fact that, you know, Carlton feel they can't play Silvani, DeConning, and Pinnett in the same team might not be the wrong decision. But the fact that Silvani's the one being, I guess, looped in with them as ruck options is just a joke. Like, and 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 like Tommy was really good against Gold Coast. You know, when we had that, and I know he's not in between in size, but we at least we had that alternative option to take a smaller defender, and he made Mac Andrew look like a pick sixty-five, not a pick five. And absolutely, and. I, I don't necessarily like DeConning playing out of the goal square because I feel like it is very top-heavy and I just feel Silvani, just that mobility, just that versatility is a beautiful ball user. I just feel like we're slowly letting a really good asset in our team drift away and out of our club. You know, I, I, I find it bizarre. Like, the whole... And, and this, I guess, started at the Adelaide Oval last season when they dropped him at the expense of Mark Pitternett. I, I look at Jack, my lasting memory of Jack this year, sadly, is the St Kilda game. He had a set shot from about 25 yep. or 30 metres out directly in front in the third quarter. Missed it. We were seven or so points up at that stage. That would have made it a two-goal or three, two-and-a-bit goal buffer. He missed it. The ball went straight down the other end. Couldn't tell you who kicked one at the other end. They all lined up that night. And the Saints ran away with it from there. Yeah. And... I just look at Jack as no one will ever question the heart, no one will ever question the effort or the desire. I just feel it's almost a backhanded compliment when we say, it's almost patronising to say, oh, he tries. If that's all I can say about a player, I'm worried. Oh, I completely that. agree with that. And um, and yes, I love the kid as a person and and his, the way he carries himself in a Carlton jumper means a lot to me as a Carlton fan. Um, but I just see so many times where he's almost gotten there and just hasn't gotten the job done. I would much rather us go for someone like Martin, who I think has shown I can do this. Now, he can he stay on the park? That's the big question. Yeah. Um, but then litter more, other, more smalls around them and have hopefully a more dynamic, uh, fluid sort of 
rotations through that forward line where, you know, again, it's only Gold Coast is the test sample, but I thought on the weekend, all of a sudden, Owies and Fogarty were at the foot of every single contest, it seemed, yeah. when the ball hit the deck, there they were every single time, and uh, Cottrell popped through as a half... I've been ramping up big time, hyping up Matt Cottrell as a half forward. Um he could play a defensive role on someone like a Sinclair or a, yep, I agree. Or a Maynard or whoever you want to have him, right? You know, kind of sit on. I think if he knows where the goals are, he tackles like someone shagged his nan. He's just, I just think he's got a really, really good fight about him. And as we see the likes of Hollands and Bins develop on wings, I just, if that does push him out, I see a role for him up forward. Um, and he's kind of got a he's not tall by any means but he's got a, he's not exactly a small either he can kind of play a bit mid middle sized I don't even know how tall is Matty Cottrell is he I'll have a look now I'm guessing about 185 or 186 or so he could like yeah. you know kind of like a Hoskin yeah, Elliott 185 type. 185 yeah so he's kind of that sort of size where he can kind of not play tall but he'll um, he's just he's so quick and everything for his size that he's not exactly an easy matchup if he is isolated inside 50 I don't know how many are going to catch him if the ball hits the deck yeah no it's a good, it's a good one and I agree with I, I, I do tend to agree with Jack Martin in the sense where I think he's got the attributes to really fill that void because yeah. I, I agree I actually didn't mind his game either against the Gold Coast because I think four or five of his eight disposals were score involvements he completely set up two he is crafty I, He's got. He just doesn't do it enough for me, and it's not even a matter of actually playing. It's just I call him the Invisible Man because he really does sometimes just go completely MIA, and you forget well, he's there, which really well, frustrates me. Essendon, I thought he was probably our best forward again yeah. before getting subbed off. I, 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 yeah, I agree. Yeah. He had that really good fifteen yeah. minutes in the second quarter, and it, it, that that is what we are lacking. We are lacking that in between type of player between your talls and the, the third tall, really. But I don't know, as in. I definitely agree with your sentiment in regards to I hate when people people's greatest trait is their effort and determination or whatnot. But I don't know. I just see I see past that a bit with Silvani. I find him I actually find him a very neat player. You know when he's in full flight, he's really clever. I think he's a little bit more probably a bit more of a higher half forward than Martin. I'd rather Martin a bit deeper and Silvani up the ground. But I don't, I don't know. I've got time for Silvani. I find it just really frustrating. But I agree. One of them has to be playing. As in, even the you know, the periods during the season, you look at the Sydney game again at the SCG, dropping Silvani without having Martin available to you, just makes n- n- no sense. And and this is where I feel like, you know, can bring it back to Michael, Michael Voss, that is. <laughs> he, you know, I, I just feel a lot of... It, it just has felt like a pigsty. Um, mm. It really has. And, and just like such basic team maneuvers have just made little sense to people like us who've been watching this team for God knows how long. It's just... God. I know. We're back. We're back. Bye week's done. (laughs) It was about a fortnight ago it came up on my memories. I think it was on Facebook or something. was the day that we sacked Ratton... Uh, sorry, the day we sacked Malthouse, I beg your pardon. Yeah. It was eight years ago, almost like a fortnight ago. Crazy. Mm. That was mm. the time that meant was meant to restart all of our 
club and direction and we set ourselves a five-year plan to win a flag within five years and then all of a sudden that five-year plan got pushed out and then the plan was a flag by 2023 which is this year well right now let's be honest that's not happening and all of i'm pretty sure that our forward plan was redone at the end of last year to kind of give us by 2025 or something is now the target yeah and we just keep pushing the goalposts pushing the goalposts (laughs) back um I think the, when you bring up the Voss and the tacticals, I remember the knock on Ratton at the time was, well, his plan A is pretty good. You know, it was a fast, free-flowing, yep, the Mosquito Fleet, they're all getting going, the Amigos. When the ball went the other way, where was the plan B was the knock on him. Um, I feel the same was kind of for uh, Brendan Bolton. There was kind of, he's kind of good, overly good at the tactical stuff, not really focused enough on the man management and he lost the players there Teague sorry couldn't coach for shit I'll be the one that says it no no um, I'll, I'll retweet that yep um, but now with Voss I kind of feel I'm back to the Ratten days where well okay on the weekend our brand is contested football we saw it last year win the clearance forward half team get the ball in lock it in get two tall targets up forward they're your weapons play to their strengths, and even off half-back last week, the likes of Saad, Doherty, even Chinkata, they were running it freely out of our defence because we put the ball in the, in the hands of good ball users off half-back. Who would have thought that's a good idea? Yeah. But that's when things are going our way, and against West Coast, things went our way. I'm just wanting to see when someone kind of challenges that and puts the heat on us, where's our plan B you know we've we've all got our one wood we know what that is where's our pitching wedge and where's our seven iron where's our trick shots you know if the ball's in the bunker can we get it in and I'm not certain at the moment we can or or if they are they're really working on it but I haven't seen it yet Mm. Mm. it's yeah I agree it's it's hard to disagree with any of that especially from what we've seen um I reckon let's get into the player analysis um, we've touched on no, we've touched on the forward line. We've touched on a lot of them, and we'll zip through. But so I think we'll skip past Soss because we've spoken at length about him. But I just want to ask one question before we move on to the next player, and I'll, I'll ask you, Nick. Do you think that we should be keeping Silvani, or do you think that we should be offloading him at the end of the year? I think he's worth keeping. Um, if another club, or word it like this, if another club thinks he is best 22 at their club and can offer him, let's say, three years or something like that, then good luck to him. I would never begrudge him, like, you know, any other player. I know because his name's Savani, it means a lot more, and let's not pretend it doesn't. Um, but is he in my plans for my best 22 right now? No. Um, but if another team tells him he is... I. I would let him make that decision and I wouldn't be upset if he went elsewhere. Um, but I think he's worth keeping. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's in the mix and I wouldn't be trying to get... Uh, there's a lot I'd be getting rid of ahead of him at the moment, yes. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I think we spoke about it last week. Wouldn't begrudge him for leaving the way that I think, you know, it's been traded has been pretty pretty poor um, but let's move on we'll go in uh, num- Guernsey number order oh so we get to start with <laughs> I get so excited uh, PD2 Mr Paddy Dow um, Bolt you can you can wait we're gonna oh. 
we know what you think. <laughs> you say it every week. We know. I want to know what uh, what Nick thinks about Paddy and and I guess just your thoughts on where he sits right now. I think it's pretty obvious that if nothing changes, he won't be there next year. But I want to get your thoughts on Paddy and and I guess how you feel that we've treated him and how his season's gone. It's it's really hard to gauge because I don't think anyone's really said much about Paddy Dow this season. I don't think he's been someone that has, his name hasn't come up a lot in anyone's conversations. So no, um, he <laughs> look, I, where do you start? I don't know what like. For years, it's ironic. For years, not only me, I think the entire Carlton fan base, he's kind of been everyone's whipping boy for several years, let's be really honest. And then all of a sudden, the groundswell of support has been, it's been pretty almost comical to see. Um, Thank you. Uh, I think he is, has he has his VFL form warranted selection? 100%, I do think so, yes. Um is he the second coming of Chris Judge or Heath Scotland or Mark Murphy? No. Um, is he the answer to our problems? No. But I think he definitely right now does deserve a position in the current lineup based on his form. Yes, I do think so. Do I think he's going to be there next year? No, I don't. Yeah, I, I think I, it's been made very clear to him and the supporter base that he is lower down the pecking order than several others. Yeah, it's been made abundantly clear, I think. Yep. Uh, and yep. I'll bolt absolutely his, his pants he wants to speak here, but I'm going to quickly just say that I, I think, and I said a few weeks ago, I don't necessarily know how he'll go, but I think he deserves a crack to play full match. And either, you know, he doesn't have a great game and confirms what we think we know, or he surprises us and possibly we have someone who can perform strongly for the rest of the season and maybe something changes and he gets a one-year extension as a rookie, maybe. But, um, Bolt, you can have your say on one well, of your favourite players. Well, Nick summed it up really, really well. He, he referred to it as comical. I'll refer to it as cringe. And, I, and I'm happy to get blasted on socials with this. I have found the applause every time he gets subbed on completely and utterly cringe. It's as if he's become a cult hero because everyone feels sorry for him because he's quite rightfully spent a lot of his last three years in the VFL because his AFL form hasn't warranted AFL selection. It's I've found it completely cringe and he's been okay coming off the bench for a quarter. He's been fine. But, you know, the way I see Paddy Dow right now is we have to move, you know, if we're going to play Paddy Dow, he has to play in the midfield. There's no point sticking him on a half-back flank, on a half-forward flank. And the way I see it is... If the midfield's completely stacked and slow enough already not to play George Hewitt, Paddy Dow shouldn't play. Mm. If based on if we're going to go based on uh, like for like with Cottrell coming out uh, suspended, like for like you're probably going to have Bins come in as that rotation out on a mm. wing or something yep. like that. Yep, but it's probably the perfect chance to give Paddy Dow four quarters and go, show us what you got, son. Like, you could always make that midfield rotation elsewhere. Doherty can kind of go back to halfback and spend a bit less time through the midfield or yeah. something. You can find that extra rotation elsewhere. I think Cunningham's brought something we've been dying for last week. He, probably one of the better 11 or 12 possession games you'll see in a long time. He didn't have to set the world on fire, but there was just a few little pickups and a few little moments where... He just had something, he was offering something in that rotation that we have not seen. And I think a lot of people are expecting Dow to be that person. 
Um, a lot of people had fish had hoped that the Zach Fisher could be that person, but I just look at Cunningham at the moment, and I'm still a fan of. We're going to get to him later. I know I'm a fan of Jack Carroll. I think he's someone who I would be ho- more inclined to be giving that shot to in the second half of the year. Yeah, I agree. Dow, based on where I think we're going, but based on right now, Dow's form probably does warrant a spot. But moving forward, he's down the pecking order for me. Yeah, oh, he he won't beat the club next year. There is. He'd be, he'd be stupid to stay. But um, I'm actually keen. Can we jump a few numbers here? Because Nick brought up Doherty and that whole... His role and about moving, you know, the midfield. It's another one of my shticks that I've been getting a bit frustrated with. Sam Doherty playing Mate, in the you, midfield. Go for it. Doherty in the midfield. Doherty's going to be good wherever you play him. But in terms of gaining a competitive advantage based on the list we've got, Sam Doherty should be on a halfback flank and a halfback flank only... He's literally, quite literally, the architect. He gives a lot of really good cover for Weedering. Weedering plays really... like Weedering's had a very good month after a slow start. Strongly agree. He's had a very good month. But Weedering's game gets completely enhanced when Doherty's standing in front of him. And I just feel like the fact that we've had to shuffle all these magnets to accommodate for Sam Doherty playing in the midfield... Is just completely like unnecessary from my end. It's almost just bizarre. It's not bizarre. It's just unnecessary. It's just like we don't need to do it because once again they, you know, the fact they were happy to play Matt Kennedy in the back line before Doherty is just it's mortifying. It is. It's the coach's vanity project, and all it is. Yeah, it's it's a disgrace. It we've is. We've been seeing, we've been seeing, and Weidering's actually been vocal about it, and, it, and it, to the point where people were. I don't know if it's true, but people were running rumours of there was a falling out between he and Young and he doesn't like playing with Young. And I think Weedering's wording was about um, we've got to find the right mix and we've got to find the right synergy at the back six, etc. Um, I think a lot of the troubles that they have kind of had down there is they've been missing their general. They've been missing I agree. Our, our former captain of the club, uh, someone who's still a massive part of our leadership group, Um down there, while Weedering has been at the early part of the season at sixes and sevens trying to stay afloat, um, a level head of Doherty, how many games where, you know, uh, late in a game, someone drops a mark and or, or we let one slip and then all of a sudden someone gets out the back and they get an easy winner running into an open goal. And we've let two or three games slip this year that we probably should have been a lot more competitive in. Mm. Um, Saints is one. I think the Bulldogs game, we really should have been performing a lot better. Yep. Um, they're the first two that come to mind for me. Um, even Essendon, we should be beating that mob. I don't care what anyone says. We're, we should be a better team than them. Um, but it's, these are three sort of games where just a bit more of stability down back. But it's, the, it's a two or three goal difference in these games. I hate to cut us all off here, but we are recording this on Thursday night, and I know it's only 6.18, but Mitch Cleary has just tweeted that Pittenet has a knee setback, he's out, and DeConning apparently is going to be out as well. Bit of ruck carnage for the old dark. Um, who's going to... Hudson O'Keefe, baby! <laughs> Uh, step, up, step up Harry Lemmy far out in all seriousness who is going to rock Lewis, Lewis Young oh, okay it'll be Young and Silvani it, it has to be Young if it's to but yeah um, sorry wow. to get, yeah. I, know, I just thought that was yeah didn't like well, getting I, that Twitter notification you're, you're not in the if room with us ha- Nick if- but I just saw his he started shaking his head looking down at his phone I thought oh god what's happened here but 
<laughs> if you don't have Mitch Cleary on Twitter notifications, you're not doing Twitter correctly. No, I strongly agree. He and David Zeta. Yes. 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 Nick, do you listen to the Tradies podcast? I very, very rarely, but yes, I have. I think, yeah, Mitch Cleary and Sam McClure, they're doing great things. It's I, I think it's an awesome podcast, so a bit of a shout out to them. But um, yeah, no, good podcast going through. I guess the player movement side of the game. Um, but let's, uh, I'm, let's glad we're, to, I'm glad we're all on board with Doherty, though. Yeah, it's, I, it's been killing me all year. No, I just strongly, strongly agree. And um, it's not like he's been playing badly. No, I don't no. think Doherty will be bad anywhere I he's think, played. I think uh, you summed it up very well. He could play anywhere and he's going to play well, but let's sort of look at where he's going to benefit the team the most. And yep. I, I agree, playing in that all-Australian role off the halfback flank, Especially when Zach Williams goes down, more than ever he needs yeah, to be down. Exactly, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Um, speaking of, good to see some footage today of um, right. Zach Williams running on the treadmill. Just yeah, um, very good. Yeah, gee, it'll bit be... of a forgotten man, but he played really good footy in that in that final game last year. He was awesome it's, against it's, Collingwood. Yeah. I think we're gonna we've forgotten, but I think next year it'll just be a nice little inclusion. And who was the and who was the name preseason? Everyone was shouting from the rooftops of his front mm. fire. It was, it was him. Yeah. Was it? Was it? I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, much has entered my brain since February. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to speak about Lockie Fogarty. We're doing. We're not doing it in jumper order. We'll go through players. Um, I think we'll get the relevant ones out of the way. How rude to Lockie Fogarty. <laughs> no, no, no. I think he's a relevant one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. I thought you were saying he isn't. Um, <laughs> Nick, Lockie Fogarty played his first game on the weekend. I'm going to make not a big call. I think a fair call. We got more out of him on the weekend than we have out of our smalls all year, at the exception of Oe's, um, who I think's had had a good year. Uh, Lockie Fogarty, does he stick around? What does he need to do in this second half of the year to A, keep playing, but also to somehow get a new contract for next year. And he's locked into the team for this weekend. Paddy Dow's omitted it, us all. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no bins. Oh, there is know, bins. Sorry, know, there is bins. Um, that's know. a really interesting team. Okay. Kerno, honey... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kerno, honey, say no more. He's out of the... Bolt's out of the room. He's, he's, he's halfway down the road. Just wait till we get to Josh Honey, then you'll hear an opinion. Um, <laughs> honey, there's no way Honey will play this week. There's no way. Oh, please, God, no. Um, look, uh, Fogarty, uh, another one who's been a lot of people's whipping boy. I think he's been not only uh, 12 weeks worth of form... His form last year in the VFL, he would get 24 touches and two goals every single week. I think he's one... Is he one of those players that's just too good for the lower level and not maybe not good enough for the senior level? But when he came from Geelong, I don't know if you remember his first two or so games, we heard about a month of footy. His first game in the Richmond game, uh, I think he had like, a, again, 23 or 24 yes. touches, kicked yes. a goal or two. Yes. And I remember walking out of the stadium saying, it's amazing what happens when you draft players from Geelong rather than from freaking GWS's reserves or something like that, how these players look. But we soon turned him out of a Geelong player and turned him into a Carlton player. That's definitely true. But I still feel he's got something to offer. I wouldn't be offloading him yet, uh, whether or not, again, he seeks greener pastures or anything. But there's definitely a spot on the list for him. And I, you've been saying how the half-forward or even small-forward role we've been lacking. 
I think he's got the motor to kind of get up as a high half forward or even not necessarily up on a wing, but he can impact stoppages and stuff between the arcs if necessary and then, you know, kind of sneak out the back. I think he's got a few more tricks than a lot of the other guys have shown us. Um, I still think that Durden and Motlop should become very good players long-term. Um, but right now, Fogarty's form and what he showed us on the weekend, he's ahead of a lot of them, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I Lockie Fogarty for me is a weird one because I agree with you. I won't forget his first month in Navy Blue. Even his first, almost his first like eight to ten Six weeks. Yeah, yeah, his first eight to ten weeks were really good. Like there was a game against, um, I think it was Essendon. He had, I think, 15 and two goals. His first three games at the club, he kicked. Uh, he had over 20 disposals in each game. He was running through the midfield. And I remember at the time, Bolt, we were saying, like, this is a great recruit. Just very shrewd. We gave up pick 50 or whatever it was. And it looked like we'd gotten a really, really sneaky midfield half-forward sort of hybrid player. Um, but, yeah, he sort of hasn't been able to... He, he was dropped halfway through that season, came back in towards the back end. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, last year didn't play much and this year has only played a game so he's an interesting one but I agree I think there's something there uh and I'd like to see more for the rest of this year and maybe they'll keep him around as if for a rookie for a year well that's the that's the flexibility we're now afforded it's kind of saved the careers of Kennedy and O'Brien over the last handful of years mm. Um, you know, we were able to put Eddie Betts of all people who came was able to stay on as a rookie and everything as well. Um, the flexibility in the list, I think de- we'll definitely be utilising that because I think that a few of our rookies will be going by the wayside, um, and I think one or two, so even maybe even two senior listed guys, if we're allowed to, might even find themselves as rookies next year if they're going to stay on. Just one more thing on that. Uh, this weekend's team, Silvani is the only confirmed in because he's named on the field. Mm. So, so, so far, he's the only confirmed of those ins. The rest well, of them are all on the well, bench. I think that makes sense, given if DeConning plays, Silvani will be the backup ruck to DeConning. Yep, and if DeConning doesn't play, Young plays as the yep. number one. Yep. Yep. Uh, we don't need to... There's a couple we don't... Let, let's speak about Matt Kennedy. Um, you know... I think he's been handled pretty poorly this year from a selection and coaching point of view. Um, every single time that he's played in the midfield, he's performed uh, as he always does, as he has since the middle of 2021. But he's been shoved to a back line. He's been shoved into the VFL team. Like He's been put through the ringer. Um, you'll all know that I'm a big Matt Kennedy fan. Nick, I want your thoughts on him and I guess how you've rated his season so far, which is, to be fair, hard to rate. I'm going to be honest. So Matt Kennedy, for me, won me over as a footballer over the past 18 months last year and his second half of 2021. He not only became someone who would be in my team, but he became a very important part of that team. This year, I've kind of seen him really stagnate. I just haven't seen... Yeah, he might gather a few possessions and a couple of clearances. I just haven't seen any damaging possessions. And I just don't know if he's been hurting opposition sides 
at all. Now, maybe that's the role. They threw him at half-back. For God's sakes, that's giving me nightmares to think of him and Chera at half-back in that uh, showdown. What do they call that thing? Gather round. Yeah. That just gives me nightmares, that place. Um, but I just haven't seen Kennedy. Like, last year, he was hitting the scoreboard. Has he kicked a goal this year? If he has, I've forgotten it. Um, he kicked, I think he kicked one this I, I think he's kicked yeah. a handful. But I think that's almost a... Collective issues in the midfields barely hit, or the, the teams barely hit the scoreboard. Let's be honest, but we've definitely lost a lot of you know scoring out of the midfield group. And I, I don't, yeah, it, it's Matt Kennedy's season's really tough to rate. I think he's been pretty good when played in his natural habitat, but you know, it's definitely, yeah, I, I agree. The back pocket, I can't even think of that either. Um, but God, I know, I've actually been, I've, I've been pretty chilled with Kennedy's season. Oh yeah, I, I, when he's played in the middle, he's been good. But obviously, playing in the back line is—you can't expect anything from him. Um, taking a look, well, we have to speak about Chera, Adam Chera. We should have probably started with him. He is having a silly season. I think because of how poor we've been, it's almost gone underrated around the competition. But for me, he's all Australian. I think Bolt, he's in your rolling team as well. Uh, he's going to win our best and fairest at the exception of a complete catastrophe. Uh, he's going to average 25 to 30 a game and close to a goal a game. Like, he's having a marvellous season. He'll hopefully uh, etch his name in Carlton history, winning his first John Nichols medal at the end of the year. Nick, I want your thoughts on Adam Chera, and I guess if there's anything that you feel or that you know on how he's taken his game to that next level. Uh, well, when you say how has he taken the game to the next level, you mentioned before, averaging a goal a game, he's impacting the scoreboard like last year. It, that, I think, that feature of a midfielder's game, I feel, is what actually elevated Cripps to win the Brandlow last year. He was There was games where he was kicking two and three, you know, week on week for a month last year. And the year before that, I think that's what got Walsh. Uh, yep. He's not as All-Australian. And I think that these sort of features for midfielders especially earlier this year where we were kind of struggling I think it was about round five I think we had one goal from Kerno and one from Chera after about the first six rounds was our midfield group's scoring uh, ability um, so yes his, mid- his, his scoreboard impact not only hitting the scoreboard himself but I think he's the one delivering the ball inside 50 better than anyone right now for our club Um he he's not just an accumulator he's actually damaging at the moment with his touch as you mentioned he's winning the best and fairest barring them finding nude photos of Michael Voss's wife on his uh, <laughs> on his computer he will be winning our best and fairest by an absolute landslide yep can't agree um, couldn't disagree with that I, I, I'm very intri- I, I, I'm not going to necessarily argue against your notion of all Australian but it's nothing that I had even considered. I think there's a few I'd have ahead of him, but definitely now you've mentioned it, I do think he's almost worthy of a spot in the squad. Oh, for sure. Whether he gets in my team or not is a different story. I think it's a handful more. I, I think I've had absolutely marvellous year. I think it's a really good midfield uh, debt year this year. I think there's a lot of really good midfield performers. Um, and I think a few really, really good ones are going to miss out. So I think, that's why Chez might not be in that sort, that frame. But I hadn't even considered that. But that's definitely not a bad shout to have him in that mix. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, I agree. The team might be a stretch for him, but 
I, I just think he's been. I actually think he's been exceptional. I really yeah. do. He he's, he's he's such a dynamic midfield. I love that he can play both sides of the center square really well. That's what I'm really loving about Adam Chera right now. I, I've just been so impressed, and I was pretty bullish on him all preseason because I think we saw last year he had five to seven really, really, really good games. He just didn't put the season together, and he had the calf, he had the hammy late, he had COVID early, a new club. You know, we, it was a lot of new midfielders came into the mix. I, I think it just wasn't quite there for him, but he, he's a gun. He really is a gun, and you're right. He... he if he stays on the park, he'll win the best and fairest quite comfortably. So I'm just looking at his career average stats compared to his season average. So he's about 30% more in terms of his contested possessions per game. His disposals are, again, about 30% more per game. So he's gone from averaging 20 to averaging 27. So that's 30% rise. Score involvements has gone up by 50% from 4.2 up to 6.5 each game. Meters gained from under three, under 300 meters gained average to now averaging 389 meters gained. So again, about a third. Um, his clearances have gone from 2.6 per game up to 4.5 per game. So almost doubling his clearance work. He, he stats in every single metric. He is not only uh, excelling, but blasting out. He's having a breakout year. And how old is Terry? Is he 23? Yeah, about, so? I think 22, 23. Good, good time. And this is what we were saying about the, when I was saying before about these guys should be hitting their primes already, but they're already 25, 26. Terry's coming into the time, you know, a 23 year old midfield is when they start to really show who they are. Um, this is what I've been wanting from the rest of the group to have been doing for the last two or three two or three years already as a group. Um, he's kind of hitting his stride now. Really like it. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Having a marvellous season. Um, Jesse Motlop hasn't had a great year. Um, oh, you reckon? He's Yeah, he's he, he's having a real case of the second year blues. Um, yeah, we hope that he can lift his game a bit. Uh, and I think the same probably goes for Durden. Um, Nick, I don't know what you think, but I feel like those two have definitely... They were probably almost the most exciting part of our future last year, and they haven't really shown that this year. Motlop's body's transformation over the summer was probably the most dramatic I've seen of anyone in many years at Carlton. Um, when he he put on muscle mass and he come back looking like a like a 22-year-old Mark Murphy, like this short but a little bulldog frame and he's got thighs on him and he's got forearms and biceps. And I looked at him and said, holy crap. Well, the one knock at him last year was this kid, he's got a bag of tricks, but he's just getting pushed off the ball a bit easy. He's come back definitely bigger and stronger. Um, has that impacted him learning how to walk? In? It's kind of like a baby giraffe walking in his new feet sort of thing. Has he... Is that impacting him a bit or the reality, I feel his output hasn't been as much as it could be. I think I haven't seen as many second efforts and tackling pressure. It's all it's all well and good if you're not finding the ball, but you can find an opponent and lay a tackle if you can't get a kick. Um, and I mm. just don't... And you're right with Durden as well. He was really struggling early. Um, again, I'll still give them... a bit of a, an excuse in that our game plan has really really shagged their chances of impacting a game but uh, 
yeah, on the whole, output hasn't been good enough, and I think the work rate is a big factor in that. So yes, we're second year Blues. They're still young. I think Durden's only in his third year, isn't he? So yeah, they've got time, um, but it'd want to only be lasting a couple more weeks at the longest. When they are back, I want to see results in the second half of the season, definitely. Yeah, definitely agreed. Um, let's speak about the ruck situation. I feel like we've sort of touched on it, but... Uh, well, Pitonet. Well, you're a big Pitonet fan, and I no, guess... No, he's, no. You, you hold look- on, hold on. <laughs> I'm a big Pitonet fan in comparison to what else we've got. I don't think Pitonet's a, a super ruckman comparatively across the league, but I think what Mark Pitonet provides to us is his strength is exactly what we need right now. And we've spoken about how, whether it's right or wrong, Carlson play a very stoppage-oriented game, and Mark Pinnanet completely enhances that game because he's such a good presence around a stoppage. Tap Ruckman, he does fuck all thereafter. I'm not arguing that. But what he does, what he provides to us at a stoppage is crucial, and we're a better team for it. That's how I see it with Pinnanet. Nick, I'll ask you, do we have the worst Ruck lineup in the comp? It's not great. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think individually, neither of them are good enough. And that almost forces our hand to play them both because Pitto is definitely the stronger of the two in that centre circle. We definitely need him more there for the clearances and we're winning those stoppages more with him there. That's that's undisputable fact. Around the ground, yes, you just said he offers his much as a bloody ashtray on a motorbike, that bloke. But <laughs> the the around the ground, yes, Tom offers a lot more, and we saw it on the weekend, and I thought Tom's game on the weekend was possibly the best he's played for Carl. I, he was really mm. up there. He was really good. Um, but do I think Tom is ready to be a number one ruck either? No, I don't. So I, I'm really on the fence here if... On the hypothetical that Tom does go running away for, you know, more opportunity elsewhere, um, I'd really be looking at a a mature-aged, big-bodied option, uh, a 28-year-old, go and find us, you know, Bruce or one of these sort of guys who doesn't necessarily have to come with a big price tag. If you can go and get Sean Darcy or O'Reilly O'Brien, great, get him. But I don't think that we can get a Tim English or an O'Brien or a... Well, Darcy actually might be available, you never know. I've, I've, but, got, a, I've got, a, I guess, a thought, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Brody Grundy, obviously, traded to Melbourne... I don't think it's. I don't think it's been bad, but I don't think it's worked out the way that they thought it would. Um, he's a pure second ruck. He sits on the bench for, you know, thirty percent of the game. Um, they don't really use him anywhere else other than as literally a second ruck. Is would you know? Should we be going to Melbourne and saying, look, you know, you've only had him for a year, but it probably hasn't worked out the way you thought it would. Ideally, more so for the player, considering he's sitting on the bench. Let's just we'll take his contract off you, what you're paying him, and we'll give you, I don't know, a second-round pick. I can't see them moving that after a year, though. No, I don't know if they would, but I just think, you know, we could literally, he could walk in and be our number one ruck and be a very good number one ruck. Well, he would at 17 clubs in the comp, I'd argue. Yeah, I, or, I agree. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, he probably, probably still would take him as a ruck. Like the likes of uh, the likes of English, Gorn. Pretty, much, I can't think of many others who are a better player than him right now. Maybe Darcy. Yeah, maybe like Nane Curvis. I'm a big Nane Curvis man. I think what man, what Nane Curvis offers is incredible. Yes, um, I'm a big Rowan Marshall fan, but yep. I don't think that they are. Mm, uh, yeah, I've heard a couple of whispers about him this week. Training, that's why they're linked to all these other blokes. But yeah, um, I don't. I it, by virtue by lack of finding the answer elsewhere, unless someone wants to put their hand up and say, "Yeah, I'll come to Carlton for." Five hundred thousand or four fifty a year. I, I just kind of think at the moment we're kind of stuck with these guys, and I'd be going for the irony is like the mature age backup guy just to sit in the VFL and call upon when needed in case of emergency break glass. Uh, Andrew Phillips is kind of performing that role pretty well at another club, and it was ironic that he could have been the guy to kind of just bring in if there is an injury, you know rather than have to rely on Lewis Young and Jack Silvani, for goodness sake. Mm, mm. Oh, it's, anything's better than what we've got right now. Yeah. Um, we are racing against the clocks here, so I'm just going to zip through a bunch of names, and if you guys have anything to yep. say against what I've been, what I've said, Cottrell probably hasn't had as good of a year as last year. Well, it was injury interrupted. Yeah, injury inter- interrupted. Didn't have a preseason. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to actually... I think next year it could be a it could be an important cog for us as a bottom sixer. Do you, maybe. Know, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Um, Merkov, wish him all the best. Sounds like he's through the ring. He might have got a game issues. this week. <laughs> uh, Saad, obviously, Adam Saad's Adam Saad. I think we spoke Definitely about it. Definitely a bit of a drop off, though. Yeah, but he's as we said last week, he's been let down by the rest of the team and the way that we're playing is definitely yeah. it's it's making him look worse. Oh, it doesn't suit him. Um, not much. And to- I think the same with Acres. Yeah. Um, Hudson O'Keefe, Dom McQuay. I'll get your thoughts on Nick. Nick, what do you reckon of Acres? Uh, I'm going to try and keep it civil. Um, <laughs> I think it's he, always a good way to start. <laughs> yeah. When he again, like everyone, when he first came to the club, I thought, "Fuck, we found a player from another club," and oh, he, we got him for free, Nick Austin. I'm now starting to see why it's his third club. Um, and yes, some good players managed to make their way from several clubs, but I just think the way he butchers the football at times uh, is as costly as what has garnered Lockie Plowman his reputation for his turnovers and his mistakes being so costly. I think that Aker's mistakes now are as costly as Plowman's ever were. Yeah, mm. it, it's it's hard to disagree. But then, I, I almost take the approach. I, I I almost feel with Blake Acres, the way that Carlton, I guess, move the footy. I guess the way this we're structured ahead of the ball makes the game style of someone like Blake Acres really easy to just look really bad. Because you know Blake yeah. Acres is the type of guy. It's meters gained. It's run and carry. I think it's similar it's, to side. I, I I agree, and I agree. I can't excuse Blake. You know the. You know the disposal of Black Acres last two months. Really, he's but- had some complete howlers, but I also think Sard's had some complete yeah, you know, he howlers. Sard against was it Brisbane Sard and Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I think Brisbane and Marvel. Sard made some absolute you know, complete blues, but 
It's Acres tough. for me is a, the moment I remember a, turning on on Acres, not turning on him, but it, things turning for him. So the first couple of weeks, as I said, I thought he was really good. GWS we played was at round three. Yep. We played yep. yeah up there, and he got like a pec injury or a tricep yep. or something. He hurt, and he kind of battled on and went back out there and kind of played with one arm. And I remember sitting there going, "All right, this, that's really ballsy. Good on him." He ended up kind of copying a hit. Oh, he accidentally hit someone. Yeah. And got. He got away. Yeah. It was kind of like that injury kind of is what started me turning on him because his performance for me kind of dropped off after that. Um, so, again, I'm kind of trying to find excuses for these blokes, but right now Blake, Blake Akers is my whipping boy. Um, but, again, who's taking that wing spot off him? I'm not throwing the farm at Lockie O'Brien to come into the side. And I think that Hollands and Bins there was no way they were ever going to play two of them in the same side because of their mm. physical stature. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think it's time to bring in the bins, um, but you can't just throw him to the wolves. I understand that. I would have him as a rotation on the wing rather than just throw him on there and stay there all day and throw acres to the wayside sort of thing. I don't think we can necessarily transition it as quickly as that. But, yeah, I think how old would we acres be? 28? Yeah, about that. Mm. So I think his role at our club will be what Nunes was meant to do and stay here for a couple of years. You're not going to be the bloke finishing top four in a BNF, but just hold down this position and perform a role while these kids get up to speed, I think, will be yeah, I, ultimately his role at our club. I agree, and I'm okay with that because I do think we've got some good young wingers coming through. I really yep. I think Ollie Hollands will be in our team for the next 10 years. And uh, I like the look of what we've seen from Bins in the VFL. We'll see how he goes in the AFL. Um, we touched on Lockie O'Brien before. I don't think we need to go into it. He's had a pretty horrid season so far. Starting for a pick in the VFL. Yeah, yeah. And and I, we said it last week. I watched the VFL game and actually just didn't know that he played until Bolt yeah, asked me yeah. how he was. And I thought, oh, my God, Lockie O'Brien. I forgot. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's not good. No, I... Tell you one thing, though, not about Lockie O'Brien, changing the player subject here. I'm buying stocks in Jordan Boyd. I'm I'm a big Jordan Boyd fan. I think that he's he's got assets. His vision is really good. He's almost... His vision around the ground is close to the best in our team. I think he's a brilliant kick of the footy. He doesn't get beaten very often one-on-one. I'm just a... I'm a big Jordan Boyd fan, and I'd like to get your thoughts on him, Nick. I'd have him in my top few kicks at our club. Um, yeah, agreed. I, the names that come to my head, uh, McGovern, I think Charlie Kerno is a great field kick. Um, uh, he's up in that category for yep. me. I think when he hits it really well, Saad is one of those guys. But again, yes, he does have those moments where he butchers it. But Saad's kicking can be a massive weapon. Um, but Boyd kind of, he's, the what we've been lacking exiting defensive 50 is that person taking that 45 kick in board and actually changing direction rather than just slow movement up the line every week to a tall target in Pitnet who doesn't take marks and stuff every week and we're just seeing this stagnant play I think he's got something to offer he's got a bit of shit about him as well yeah um, yeah and it's it, to some people it doesn't mean a lot it means a lot to me aesthetically he's got the long sleeve on taxi jumper in I think it's a good sign of a good footballer, that sort of stuff. But no, he's he's got it. I think he's definitely a good um, 
a good player who I think we will be persisting with moving forward a lot more. I don't see his spot in any danger in our side at the moment. No, and, and I think the, and the faith was shown in Jordan Boyd at the end of last year when they, in essence, held him on the list at the expense of Liam Stocker. Because that's, yeah, that's, what, that's what it came down to. Well, well, that, it's 100% not, it's, agree. It's not in essence. That is, that is what happened. Yeah, they, yeah they, that is exactly what happened. They yeah. said that they rate Boyd higher than Stocker. That yeah. is what happened. Yeah. Um, and you can sort of see why right now, even though Stock is playing good footy for the Saints. I think Stock is playing good footy. Um, I think it is – we're noticing it a bit more. Again, I'm going back to Zach Williams got hurt. If Zach Williams was up playing with Boyd at the moment and with McGuffin and with Doherty and Saad down back and even Chincotta and this, I don't think we'd necessarily be worrying about Stocker's performance. I no, think that, no. I, I love the kid. I genuinely think he's one of the better people that has come through our club in the last decade. I think the world of Liam Stocker as a person. But he's been playing okay. I, don't, I, I think because it's Stocker, I think we're pretending... Some Carlton fans are looking at him as if he's playing like Bruce Dawes at the moment, and I don't think he's doing that. No, 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 he's not. Um, and and I think I've heard Carlton fans lamenting we lost Nick Holman. I think Nick Holman is an absolute potato, <laughs> and I let him know it on the weekends. Well, he's, well, he's, tackle him to and get a hold of the ball decision just made me moister than an oyster. I just loved it. I hate that. Well, well, whoever's cutting his hair is definitely a potato. I can tell yeah, you that. I think he cuts his own with bloody Crayola scissors. He's a anyway. Yeah, no. Just, look, I'll, I'll say something nice. I'm just glad for him that he's taken his he's he's left the TAB with a packet of durries in his pocket long enough to go and train up on the Gold Coast, and I'm glad for him that he gets a game up there. <laughs> this is why I like getting him on. <laughs> this is this is why. All right. Um, this ha- is- we, we need we need to speed through here. Cool. We're going to quickly zip through. We spoke about Merkov. O'Keefe, Akwai, Durden. There's not much to be said. Lemmy. Um, Philp's going to be an interesting one. It's probably more for an end-of-season review. Uh, oh, he, won't, he, he won't be there next year, will he? I think he could be the one they chuck on a rookie list. Just yeah, so I agree. Just what he's got. Just I, I, so I agree. Say. I definitely you don't agree. You with that sort of draft pick if they're a spud. Uh, well, I mean, we have Bokerst and et cetera. But, like... Uh, You've got to you owe it to your club to at least have a peek. Uh, Nick Brody Kemp has sort of cemented his space, his place now. I'd almost say in our team uh, for the time being, at least he's in, he's far improved. Probably one of our most improved players. Uh, I'll get your thoughts on him, and then I also want to touch on Jack Carroll. I'm glad you brought him up before. Definitely one of our more improved, Brody Kemp. I don't see a reason to or a world in which he could possibly get dropped for the rest of this season barring injury um i think he's coming along fantastic i was worried asked you is he a forward is he a defender i didn't know where they were going to play him he's found his role down back and i think it's his to keep now yep agreed uh and carol because i know you're a fan of him and i'm a big fan of him i i He's an interesting one. I don't think he's been given as much opportunity as I would have liked for him to have given, but I think he... I still see him as part of our future. I think he's going to eventually become a best 22 player, and when he does, I don't think he'll leave. I agree. Um, I think he has been interrupted. I think timing has been a shit show for him, the poor guy. I think VFL buys have come at weeks where he's... uh, or has come after weeks where he's been really good. 
Um, there was one game late last year. I think he was held over as the rookie, as the uh, mm. didn't play VFL, held over emergency, and then didn't play AFL. Therefore, the next week you almost can't pick him after not playing the week prior. And he's kind of had a few moments like that or when he starts to get some form in the VFL together, he kind of hits a little niggle or a hammy or something. I definitely think he's worth persisting. He's higher on my pecking order than Dow is. Um, when Same, fit. definitely. Um, and I'm really hopeful that by the end of the year, he can start getting a couple of games into him before the end of the season. Uh, just to give him some confidence, if nothing else, and let him know that, yep, you're part of our plans, you are someone we want to be persisting with going forward. And he's one I'd be really, you say more at the end of the year, but I'd be keeping an eye on him for the end of the year chat where we think he is because he's one I'll be watching heading into next season 100%. I think he's got a bit to offer. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely agree. Uh, We don't even need to speak about Charlie Kerno. He's been as good as he was last year. He's had... (laughs) Not not the same sort of opportunity this year, but he's still having that good of a season. Um, Sam Walsh and Patrick Cripps, I think, are both out of form, but I don't think that we even need to touch on them because we know exactly what they're capable of. We know exactly how good they are, and it's just a matter of time until they get back to the level that we know that they can play Walsh's at. Walsh's last few weeks has started to escalate a bit. Um, yes. Forget. He had a broken back for God's sakes. It's very easy for us to forget. The only good is Terminator is he able to play at all. Mm. Um, no player so is coming back as quick as he back. did. I, yeah, I really still do think we rushed him back, and only because of Sam Walsh was he able to somewhat mask it. Um, by his standards, he was playing below them, but he's starting to traject upwards again. I think he's the, yeah on the right path again. Definitely agree. One of our most improved players as well, Nick Newman. He's in my he's had an unbelievable season. Um, but we need to speak about our draft class that came through because uh, I think that we've picked pretty well. Uh, Hollands was pretty good when he played, at least showed that he's comfortable at the level. He was. He just should have been managed a bit earlier. Agreed. He, he can agree he with he that. He looked exhausted like six or seven weeks in. Um I liked what I saw from Cowan when he played. I think he'll I think he'll get another crack this year. Bins looks the goods in the VFL and we don't know what he'll be like at AFL level, but it looks he's looking like he's got the capabilities to become a good player at AFL level. Uh and of course, you know, uh, I think that was who am I missing? Oh, Lemmy. Big Harry Lemmy. Yes, who I I think he shows snippets in the VFL. Uh, I'm, I'm quite bullish. I, like again, uh, I look at him as a free hit. What was it? Pick sixty, whatever yeah, it was. It's a complete like, free hit. Twelve months prior to him getting selected, and all those early draft boards as a seventeen-year-old, he was in a lot of people's top tens. Oh, he um, was he was touted as a possible pick one. Yeah, and then making the jump between that to playing against men kills off a lot of people with talent. I remember going to an under-16s Vic Metro versus Vic Country game to watch Jack Silvani at Sandringham. I remember saying to my mate at halftime in that game, who's the prick who's taken about 17 marks by halftime? And that was Hugh Goddard. (laughs) And at that level, tore it up. When it had to play against men, it was a lot harder for him rather than playing against boys. And he ultimately didn't make it uh, like he looked like he was going to as a kid. Um, It's Lemmy's a free hit if you 
he's not going to be needed to be called upon in the seniors anytime soon with the likes of Harry and Charlie and everyone around. So you get to park him in the VFL for a couple of seasons and go develop at your pace or under our tutelage and we'll make you into the player. Um, he's got zero expectations on him and I think that's a very healthy thing for a young man to have. Agreed. I agree. It's, it's a complete free hit. I think you've summed it up yep. well. Um Let's quickly touch on Jack Martin, and let, let, you know well, we what we kind of spoke about him earlier. Yeah, let, let's do. Let's speak about Marchbank. Is there a way in which he stays at the club next year, Nick? I don't think so. I think uh, nothing against the bloke. I quite. I've only met him a couple of times. I quite like him, and I, what I've seen him as a player, I definitely have rated. Um, he's just unfortunately he's made a paper mache. Unfortunately, mm. we just can't. We can't keep persisting with so many of them every year we seem to be five players down on the rest of the competition when if one of those five players comes good it totally changes the dynamic of our structure and our our squad but I just don't think we can carry him anymore I think he's he's ready to be put to pasture sadly Mm, it's hard to disagree with that and just an unfortunate case of a player who's been destroyed by injury um Spoke about Owies earlier. He's clearly been our best small this year. Something best that, of a bad batch. Yeah, but I, I love, and I know that you couldn't give a shit about this bolt, but I love his passion and the fact that he 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 bleeds navy blue, and I think it means something. Um, and it often can ignite a flame on the field within the team. So I'm an Owies fan. Um, Lewis Young. I, this I, Nick, I want you to summarize. Lewis Young in one word. If you had to pick one word to rate his season so far, um, yeah, what what word are you using? Can be anything. To rate this season? Yeah, I guess his first half of the year. How how you rate him? Uh, oh, future. Dead set. I was about to say my word would be disappointing. He's gone putrid. It's fair. He's he hasn't been good. Now, um, I was going to say like messy. Hmm. Yeah. I said this to you, I feel like early on that I feel like yeah, he's you, been you, really, you, really ordinary. You were very, I, I think the game against Geelong, no, it was it Richmond. He was good against round the game. Yeah. The round one game clouded my judgment. Against Richmond, I'll give him that, yes. Yeah. The round one game bought him a month in my eyes. So I ignored what I saw for the next month. But uh, now it's been too long. Uh, and then... There's a couple we can't get through well, everyone. I think before but- before we wrap up, because we've all got Thursday night footy to go and watch, let's not cloud Z- this. Zach Fisher's one who we need to speak about. Zach Fisher. Nick, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? What's what happens see there? A world in which he, I don't see a world in which he's wearing a Carlton jumper next year, and I'm not overly upset about it. I think he's an okay player, but I think he's very expendable. Yep. Um, and. I think he might be one of our players who might have a bit of actually draft capital about him. If we, I agree with that as in, well. If we can get a pick back in the door, I think the pick might end up being worth, worth more to us than he would be. Um, and if he can find himself a home, he's been linked, obviously, the Perth connection back to West Coast because they're desperate for players. But if I'm a West Coast fan and we're giving up picks for someone like Zach Fisher, I'd be robable, to be honest. Oh, I'd be fu- furious. Yep, but I, it does seem that that might be one of the ways that he might find his way home. It depends. <laughs> he and Bella are now engaged, I think, are they? I'm not even sure. I think they're going to engage now. Mm. Um, 
that might mean he stays in Melbourne. I'm not sure. I think where he has, where he is at in life, might determine whether he wants to go home or stay here. But um, I don't see a world in which he's wearing the Carlton jumper next year. Uh, I've loved the first season of Alex Chincotta, and I think that there's yes. a, there's a future there. We haven't spoken about him. He deserves more love than Mine's than dumb. this. But um, I yeah. like him a bit further up the ground. I think we're sucking him a bit too deep. I like well, he him. Played, he, played, he played a lot of midfield at VFL level as well. Yeah, he's, no. He's, he's a very good player, um, runs in straight lines. I think he uses it better than people give him credit for as well. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Jordan Boyd, as you just said, I'm buying socks in him as well. Yep. Uh, Discord was very, very quick to get on him and sponsor him, and we've been duly rewarded ever since. I think he's a great bloke and a, becoming a very, very good player as well. Yeah, he he absolutely is. Like he'll, he'll go all right. Yeah, I think there's it, he's clearly comfortable. Like you can clearly see it from early on if someone's going to be comfortable or not. And yeah. from the first time he walked on an AFL field, he hasn't looked out of place. Um, what I'll say about what I'll very I'll make it quick. What I have said about Jim Cotter is how many blokes have walked in the door at our club in the past decade with all the talent in the world, but no heart, no effort, no work rate. He's had multiple knee injuries playing on Geelong's VFL list. And, yeah. And, and he's had to work his ass off. He, he he only made it. He's now 26 years old. It's taken him to, until he's 26 to get his crack, and now he's going to die trying to make it work. And yeah. that, that I respect and appreciate. Would you rather a bloke like that or would you rather a guy like a Bo Kirst or a, you know, the, the old Joe <laughs> Rainbow? Or the, but these sort of guys, all, all the talent, they've got talent. We but they just never wanted to work for it. We don't mention that B word on this show, Bokehurst. Yeah. That's, that's, let's, his uh, hair always looks lovely and his eyebrows on Instagram are lovely, but couldn't kick, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, last think, last one, yep. George. Yeah, well, Hewitt's at a crossroads given the way we're selecting yeah. the team right now. Yeah. Um, very quick one-word answers. Or- yeah, I've got two. I think... There's two questions I'm going to ask you both. It's literally one word before we wrap up. Very interesting mid-season review. I've enjoyed it. Will Michael Voss be coaching in 2024? At Carlson. Nick, you can you can go first. <laughs> um, Is this what we think or what we want? No, it's what we think. I, what do I think? I think... No. I, I think no as well. I think he will. Yes. I, I don't necessarily know if that's what I want, but I think he will. Yeah. Um, I think they'll clear out everything around him before they clear uh, him out. I've just, oh, I think he'll go. And then my second one, to really wrap us up here. One word. Where do Carlson finish on the ladder at the end of round 24? Uh... 13th for me the unlucky 13 uh, I'd have to have a bit of a oh god I'm off the top of my head how many more wins can we get there's a few teams around the mark who I don't necessarily think are going to get a lot better I can see us getting oh I'll, I'll play with some optimism let's go 11 <laughs> great optimism I do a lot of, I do a lot of predictor every week I've got us 14th um, yeah. chucked a couple polls on Twitter I said Who's been our most improved player so far this year? Adam Chera, 74% voted for. Nick Newman, 
uh, only got three percent. I think that's a bit stiff. Spence I think he's been, been very good, Newman. He's been I great. Think it's only stiff because of how good Chair has been. Yeah. Yes, agreed with that. And then Kemp got twenty-two percent. The other one, which I thought was interesting, if you could only re-sign one of the following three players who are out of contract, who are you re-signing? And Silvani, McGovern, and De Koning were the uh, were the ones that I put there. And 64% choosing TDK, 19, McGovern, 17, Silvani. Nick, I'll ask you the same question. You can only re-sign one. Who are you keeping? I'm one of the 19%. I voted for McGovern. Yeah. I think he's comfortably the best player of the three. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, in terms of, if we're playing a game tomorrow, it's not even close. Um, Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd go McGovern too. Uh, I understand TDK's upside, but McGovern for me is a better player right now. Yeah, I couldn't. I think he summed it up right. I think he summed it up well. He's comfortably the best of the three right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, Nick, I'm sorry to cut this short. We we had a great yarn. We went for too long, so that's why we had to zip it up at the end. But we're absolutely going to get you back on if it's okay with you. And we're asking you right now as we record. <laughs> we're going to get you back on throughout the second half of the year. Um, we really, really appreciate everything you do for the club. We say it every time that you join us. We do we do have comfortably the best cheer squad in the league. It's not even close. I sit... I've got the best view of it. I sit M54... Uh, not M. M level 2 on the forward flank. So when we win games, there's nothing better than taking a glance down to the left and seeing you guys in action. Um, the atmosphere you bring is unmatched and... Yeah, we just really appreciate everything that you guys do for the club. Thank you very much, gents. It's a pleasure, as always, to join you and uh, keep up the amazing work you guys do. I love not only you guys, but there's so much Carlton fan content. It's almost all I consume nowadays. You mentioned <laughs> the, the AFL podcast and stuff. I dabble in those things, but primarily I see Carlton fans' opinions because they're far more qualified on the matters. Yeah. I agree. There's some amazing podcasts out there, and we'll we'll link it on the socials. We're not the only ones. There are plenty of podcasts that are worth listening to. Too um, good. And yeah, really, once again, appreciate you joining us. Thanks, guys. Cheers, All Nick. the best, and go Blues. Go Blues. Go Blues. Nick Wishart, there, Bolt. He's always amazing on this show, and the only thing is, I wish we had a bit more time. It would no, have been 100. percent It would have been nice if we could go for a few hours, but. We know the attention spans of podcast listeners. Yes. An hour was probably where it... No, we, we went too long. We went too long. That's no, good. Well, there's a lot to go through in the very turbulent no. 15 rounds for us. 100%. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed. Um, really appreciate Nick taking the time to join us, uh, as well as all the time that he puts into the club and the cheer squad. Go give the cheer squad uh, a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Support what they're doing. Buy raffles. I, I, I get involved in the raffle every week. Um it's absolutely worth getting behind and get around them on Facebook and Instagram so you don't miss a raffle in the future and getting involved in everything that they do. 100%. Bolt, mid-season review in the books. We'll be back for a Hawthorne review, uh, probably recorded Sunday night. Yeah, well, we'll so, see uh, how the result goes. We'll see how the result goes. Bolt, thank you. Go, boys. We'll be back. Go, Blues. And they will know-